Robin Johnson is a founding partner of the Wholeness Network. She is known as the Heart Whisperer and as a gift for seeing the soul and helping people unlock the wisdom and healing of their own heart. She is a speaker, teacher, author, and photographer. She is an intuitive and loves business. Her favorite job is that of wife and mother. She feels her soul's purpose is to create a safe place for people to heal. When I asked God to help me clarify the long-term vision of my life's work, he simply said, world peace. That was not the answer I was expecting. I'm not in politics. I'm not involved in the government. I have no power of influence or authority. And so I asked for further clarification on that message. And this is what I heard. World peace made possible by individual peace. The world will not stop fighting each other until they stop fighting themselves. World peace is not a global solution. It's an individual solution that will affect the world. As I pondered these messages, I was reminded of an an incident that happened about 30 years ago. My husband Andrew and I wanted to go up into the beautiful canyons of Utah into Cottonwood Canyon. And we stopped at the last possible gas station before we headed up the mountain. We pulled into the parking lot, and as Andrew was turning into the last open parking spot, a man zoomed right in front of us, cutting us off, and took the spot. Well, Andrew hit the brakes just in time to avoid collision, but there we sat in shock. There was no possible way this man did not see us. To our surprise, the man then jumped out of his car and came barreling over to us. He was outraged. And as he got closer to the car, he looked at Andrew and said, you got something to say to me? (laughs) Andrew looked him in the eyes and calmly but firmly said, no. Well, the man was stunned. He didn't know what to do. He took a step or two back and looked around and noticed people had started watching what was going on. He had thrown his anger and his rage at my husband, and Andrew didn't engage. And so since there was no one to fight, he decided to just turn around, and he seemed a little deflated, but he just walked into the store. Well, with the crisis averted, the first thing I felt was overwhelming respect and admiration for my husband, Andrew, who is a man who cannot be stirred from his own peace. He stayed calm in a very heated situation, and there could have been plenty of possible bad outcomes. The second thing that I felt was extreme gratitude that the man did not come to my side of the car (laughs) and ask me if I had anything to say to him, (laughs) because I did. (laughs) I might have reminded him of his manners that day. So this situation is a minor example of a major topic that I would like to talk about. If there is peace within, there's peace without. In this situation, Andrew was wronged by someone. He was affronted by someone. He was um, treated poorly by someone. And yet nothing outside of him 
could take him away from his own inner peace. So what if we could all do that? It seems to me like in our society, we often live in a deferred state of peace. I will have peace in my life when, and then you can fill in the blank. I'll have peace in my life when my ex is no longer a part of my life. I'll have peace in my life when the children grow up, or when I retire, or when the world is a safer place. And by delaying our own ability to claim our own inner peace, we contribute to the lack of peace that's in the world. Minor confrontations become major confrontations because no one's holding that safe, neutral ground. There's a phrase that says, hurt people, hurt people. So that person that offends or upsets you has likely been offended or upset by someone else. Those people causing the deepest damage and violence in the world are probably the people holding the deepest pr Violence is never born out of peace. So when people get angry, anger is actually a secondary emotion. They feel something else first. So you might feel sad, hurt, scared, alone. And those feelings are so vulnerable that we mask it with anger instead. Or if we feel out of control or we feel insignificant, we get angry. And then we feel in control and we feel significant. So anger is a response to a lack of personal peace. In our lives, when we have a conflict that comes up, a lot of times we go to our mind for that resolution. The problem is the mind is um, influenced by the ego, our pride, our anxiety, our fears, our limiting beliefs. And so when there's a situation heated with a lot of emotion, that's a lot to sort through uh, the mind to get a clear answer. So what if there was another way? What if it were possible to resolve conflict and to find a way to take care of and manage our own pain? I want to share with you a powerful tool that has helped me find greater peace in my life, that peace that we're searching for. And that tool is your own heart. When we learn how to connect to the heart, to dialogue with the heart, to listen to the heart, what you'll find is that the heart only speaks to you in truth. The heart can only see through the eyes of compassion. And the heart always wants the best possible outcome for everyone involved. And so if you have never tried this process of um, solving conflict by going to your heart and searching for your answers, I would like to take you through a little experience right now and invite each of you to participate if you'd like. So please go ahead and put a hand on your heart. You're welcome to close your eyes, sinking deeply into that heart space. Feel the warmth and the depth of your own heart. And as you breathe, allow the breath to rise and fall through the heart. Connected to the heart now, I invite you to think of someone that you've had trouble forgiving 
or a situation that's been hard to resolve. And this person you need to forgive may even be a younger version of yourself. As you connect to that person, look into their eyes. What emotion do you see? Why are they feeling that way? If you see anger in their eyes, what is the emotion behind the anger? And how do you feel when you see their true emotion? As you look at them now, through the eyes of compassion, is there something you would like to say to them? Is there something they would like to say to you? Ask your heart if you're willing and ready to forgive them today. And if there's anything you need to be able to complete that forgiveness and let it go, fulfill your needs. Is there anything you need from them in order to truly be okay? Is there anything they need from you in order to truly be okay? And as your experience becomes complete, as you think of that situation with that person again, can you find your peace now? And when you're ready, please come back to the present moment, being present in the physical body now, and go ahead and open your eyes. And you may need to wake up if you're all tired. <laughs> imagine the ripple of light that would sweep across the world if everybody could let go of one grievance today and instead replace that spot in your heart with peace. The heart is such a powerful tool for transformation. Your heart is like Google for your soul. 
you have the ability to connect to the heart, to ask it any question about your life, and it knows the answer. So we all can connect to our heart, ask questions, hear truth, and find peace. So how would our individual efforts make any difference out in the world? Well, in psychology, there's three levels of change that take place. In a first-order change, the individual changes, or there's an internal change. In a second-order change, a community changes, or there's a paradigm shift within a system. In a third-order change, the individuals and the communities come together. Change is inspired by the individual, but it is adopted by the community or the system. And those changes ripple out and create transformation in the world. So Gandhi is a perfect example of this. Rather than call for a chaotic and violent end to oppression, Gandhi simply stood for peace. He said that his life was his message. And he inspired his followers to be the change that they wanted to see in the world. His philosophy that it was if he changed his thinking, if people could change the way they think and feel, then they could change the actions they would take. And by so doing, that would ripple out and affect the world. Don't you think it's time that we took our stand for peace? Standing for peace does not mean that we're willing to be a victim. Standing for peace does not mean as we forgive others that what they did was okay. Standing for peace simply means that you will claim your power to be at one with yourself. And no one and nothing outside of you can take that peace away from you. Now, you might be a mom out there with small children thinking, that lady talking about peace up there? She has never had a two-year-old like mine. <laughs> but I have. My husband can witness. <laughs> and that's a whole other discussion. Or maybe you're thinking, you know, I am, it, maybe you're married and you're thinking, she doesn't understand our relationship is hard. We're so opposite. There's so much room for conflict. Well, I hear you. I hear you. And I know it's frustrating when the shoulder you want to cry on is attached to the neck you want to wring, right? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you're a career person and you think, man, that lady has no idea the amount of conflict and pressure I face every day. And that may be true. But I've learned something so powerful from the eagle. When a storm comes up, all the birds will seek shelter. They will um, get out of the storm to safety. The eagle is the only one that will rise above the storm instead, up where there are clear skies. And so if you think about, as you face conflict in your life, it's so tempting to engage whether it's your two-year-old, your spouse, or your boss, it's so easy to let their emotion raise our emotion. But I want to challenge you to rise 
just like that eagle, above the conflict and to wait until the storm or the emotion dies down. Now you may be living in a war-torn country watching this. That is something. that I have never faced. But we pray for you. And may God bless you and keep you safe. One of the most powerful examples of someone who understood maintaining individual peace was Viktor Frankl a survivor of Auschwitz. He said, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's own attitude in any given circumstance. He's teaching us that peace is a choice. There is no amount of politicians, policies, preachers, or prisons that can create lasting world peace. That peace must come from within. Every four years in this country, we have an election day. We go to the polls and we cast our vote for what we want our future to be like. I want to suggest to you that every day of your life is an election day. Every day you are casting your vote either for or against world peace. Every day minor decisions are made that add up to a massive collective, collective consciousness on this earth. So I invite you, whatever is disturbing your peace, to start a dialogue with your heart, to find a way to rise above the conflict, to be willing to let it go, to stand like my husband Andrew in your peace no matter what is going on around you. Mother Teresa said, I will never attend an anti-war rally, but if you have a peace rally, invite me. Mother Teresa, you're invited. And may I officially invite each one of you to join together in a peace rally. This is our peace rally. This rally does not require posters or signs. This peace rally doesn't begin or end on the Capitol steps. This rally begins today, wherever you are, right here, in each person's heart. I hope you understand me now and support me when I say
I am responsible for world peace. And so are you. Thank you.